And um, yeah, man, so grateful to see you. Uh, for all of our guests, uh, man, welcome. Uh, you know, I hope that thus far you have, uh, you've been blessed and that you've experienced the presence of God and at least a, a warm hug and a smile. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I won't be before you long. Today we dive into the second installment of our series entitled Distinct. Uh, I'm going to ask for a favor real quick. Uh, hold for a moment. Can somebody, I tried to keep, no, I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone because I don't want y'all to, to go dead on me if I cut the fan off. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yeah, my wife said, uh-uh. She said, she said, I don't even have to hear you. Just keep the fan on. Just keep the fan on. Amen. Well, listen, last week, last week, if you were here, man, Pastor Sean Marshall uh, came down from uh, Chicago and opened up, man, this series for us, and he baptized his place, man, with this, with the opening of this series, as he talked about what it means to be an image bearer, and this series that we are talking about being distinct. Today, we're going to continue on in what Pastor Sean uh, worked us through. Not only are we going to talk about being an image bearer, we're going to talk about the expectations of those who bear the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whether you know it or not, but as a child or that as a child of the Father, there are expectations on you, placed on you by the world, by people, by society, by culture, that when you show up, because people know you to be a child of the king, people are looking to see what does the, chil the, the king's children look like. They want to know how do a child, how does a child of the king respond in this current culture with the cruel and meanness that we experience today? How do the king's children fare in this world that we live in today? Uh, I remember, man, uh, when I was in high school and uh, I played football, and uh, at my high school there was a local legend, man. He eventually, that's a little too loud, he eventually played uh, for the pros for a little bit, and uh, we got word. He, he had been long gone by the time I got there, but we got word that this local legend, his younger brother was on his way to the school. He was coming from another state. He was moving to the city, and he was going to come, not only come to the school, but he was going to be on our team, man, and we were excited. Not only because he was the younger brother of this legend, man, he's from the same stock, and they even have the same name. We were excited about that, man, because we knew what this older brother could do, man. He had records all in the record book. He had pictures all over the locker room, and we were excited because this kid was from the same gene pool. He had the same blood running through his veins as this local legend. Not only the same blood, but he also had the same name. And so it was like we were just getting a mini version of this local legend, man. And when he showed up, we looked at him, man. Before he even stepped on the field, we were so proud. We said, man, our defensive linemen, they are going to just run through all the competition this year. He wasn't just like his big brother. He was a little bit short. He, was, he looked equally as strong, but we didn't care because he carried the bloodline and he had the name. Well, lo and behold, man, the year ends, spring comes, and we go into summer camp and practice. We show up, man, and we're excited because we've been hearing stories about this younger brother and how he's going to change the game on our line. Well, we go through conditioning and all that, and we finally put on our pads. We are ready to hit, and we all waited with tiptoe anticipation trying to see how is he going to show up. Is he going to be the beast, the monster that his bigger brother was? Unfortunately, however, his brother was a beast and a monster, but he was more like a bunny rabbit. I mean, he had the bloodline. 
He even had the name, but he didn't have the identity that came along with it. Well, my brothers and sisters, you want to know what else is disappointing? That when the children who bear the image of our God, who have the blood, who've been washed by the blood of the Lamb, who carry his name, when we don't show up the way that our God intends for us to show up with the expectations that are upon us. That's kind of what we're going to deal with today in our scripture. So if you have your Bibles with you, I ask that you open them up to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 25. We'll begin at verses 14 and we'll go all the way through verse 30. And of course, it'll be available for you on the screen. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14. And we'll go to verse 40. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To the one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Verse 16, I'm going to change the translation a little bit. The man who received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags or two talents gained two more. But the man who received one talent went off, dug a hole to the ground, and hid his master's talent. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The men who had received five bags of talents, five talents, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags or five talents. See that I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you know that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my talent on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For whoever will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even, they, even what they will have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Amen. Let me just pull back just at least one layer on this parable for you to let you know kind of what's taking place so that you'll know exactly what Jesus is trying to teach the people. This parable basically is unearthing one simple principle. It's speaking about the master. And if you don't know who the master is, his name is Jesus. 
The master is Jesus who ascends into heaven, and when he did, he entrusted a little kingdom responsibility to his servants. That's all of us. The master left on a journey. He ascended into heaven, and when he did, he left a little responsibility. And here, this translation said gold. I like the other translation, which says talents. He left a little talent for each and every one of us. And the master one day will return to take account on what you've done with the talents that he's entrusted to you. So in our story, we've got three other characters aside from the master. We've got one brother whom the master left with five talents. We've got another the master left with two talents. And then finally, we've got one whom the master left with one talent. And so the master, of course, takes a trip. And when he does, he says to each of his three servants, hey, where I'm going, I have no need for these talents. For these talents aren't made for the place where I'm going. The place where I'm going, the talents that I'm leaving are made for this place. So since I have no need for the talents and where I'm going, I have need for you to use my talents while you are here left on the earth. Because the talents that I'm leaving you were made for here. What are you talking about, Reverend? Real simply, here's the thing. The talents that he has left, the gifts that he has left, he has entrusted to each one of us. And what the master ultimately wants to see is what are you going to do with the talents that the Lord has placed inside of your hand? One of the first things I want you to know is this, because we get twisted and mixed up in this, is that the talents are the masters, but he put them in your hand. Yeah, they belong to the master, but he put them in your hand. The Bible says that he entrusted his property to them. Therefore, regardless of however many talents you have or how many you don't have, we can't boast on our talents because the talents aren't ours in the first place. The talents belong to the master. But not only can you not boast about your talents since they aren't, your, aren't yours, what's really at stake here is not boasting about them, but what are you going to do with the talents that's in your hand? How are you going to handle what the master has entrusted to you? How are you handling the master's talents? You've got the talents. What are you going to do with it? Well, the Bible tells us that the brothers with the five and the two talents, each of them doubled them. But the one who only had one talent, he buried his talents. And in case you're unsure, the question at hand is, are you burying the talents or are you maximizing your talents? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, here's real simple, man. How do you know if you're a burrier or if you're one who works your talents? Someone who works their talents is someone who invests time and energy, maybe even resources in order to build your talents up. The Bible tells us that they invested their talents and that's how they produce more. What are you investing in your talents? How are you using talents? Do you practice? Do you study and research? Maybe do you have a mentor, somebody who has a similar talent or talents as yours? Do you build relationships or do you share them within a community in order so that your talents can bless other people? What are you doing with your talents? Because if you are not working your talents, ultimately you are burying your talents. And the Lord is looking for people while he is gone until the day he comes who takes what he places in their hands and in Invest them into this kingdom here so that we can be a blessing upon the world in which he's left us. Now, I don't want you to feel guilty about this, especially those of us who may feel like we may have been burying or we bury our talents. I understand the reality of that. I understand where it comes from. 
I, I know why so many of us bury our talents. It's, it's a couple of quick things. I could think of many more, but I just want to share two with you. One of the first things that we do while we bury our talents is oftentimes we feel inadequate. Sometimes you feel you're not smart enough. Maybe that your talent or your gift is not big enough. Maybe you feel like, man, time has passed you by. Maybe you feel like you're an analog girl in a digital world. Maybe you feel like you just don't fit in anymore. Maybe you feel like you just don't have the time or the energy. Maybe other responsibilities or mistakes or bad choices have hindered your ability to maximize your talents. I understand that reality that oftentimes we feel inadequate. That's why. We don't use or maximize our talents the way that the Lord has called us to. But let me encourage you right there for just a moment. I don't think the real question is whether or not we are inadequate. I think what's really at the core, at the source of the feeling of inadequacy that we experience is really that the person in which we are is really more undefinable and indistinguishable. Or for the sake of our series, let me say it like this. The person that we are is too distinct so it's hard for us to figure out how do we fit in with the talent that the Lord has given us because our gift doesn't look like everybody else's. Let me let you know something about your God. Notice that when the master leaves, he says that he entrusted the talent to the servants according to what they could handle. So keep in mind then, because of our Savior, not only did he know the talent because the talent was his, but he also knew the person in which he was leaving the talent to. And so rather than trying to figure out as to whether or not your talent can fit in or you can fit in with other people's talents and gifts, how about you just recognize that the good gift giver knew the gift that he was given and whom he was giving it to, and he knew exactly what he wanted with it, and he knew exactly who he gave it to, and he is waiting for you not to fit in, but for you to allow your gift to fit into you. It's about about inadequacy, man. We feel that, but it ain't about you being inadequate. You don't have to fit in. Fit out. Quit trying to fit other people's plans and other people's ideas or trying to be like them. Be like you. You are not inadequate. You're just distinct. Not only that, man, do we, we feel inadequate, but also, man, we, we suffer from the ills of comparison. We compare ourselves to people. Please, please, we understand because when I first read this, I suffered from the same thing. I thought about it, man, this brother could have done much more had he had two talents or five talents like his friends. And if he only had the same amount of talents as his friends had, man, Jesus, he would have been able to maximize his talents too. You ever been there? You know, Lord, had I had the opportunities like somebody else, perhaps I could have shown up like them. Lord, if I had five talents like my friend, maybe, maybe I could have maximized them too. Lord, you know, I'm, I grew up poor. I'm from, I'm from a rough neighborhood. Lord, I, I've got these struggles. You know, my, my dad wasn't there. You, we've got all these things that make us feel as though we could have done more had our story been different. But what the Lord is trying to show us is does it, it doesn't matter what somebody else has. It matters how do you show up with the talents that the Lord has given you. Don't get caught up in the comparison trap of how many talents that we're given. Plus, really, when you think about it, it's difficult to work your talents if you're watching somebody else's. You can't, can't work yours. You can't maximize yours if you're worried about what somebody is doing with theirs. I, uh, last week, last week, I, I swung by a coffee shop. He's not in here, so I'm going to talk about him. Actually, uh, Pastor Matt made me go get him coffee because uh, he bosses me around. So I went and got him coffee. 
And when I got there, when I got there, man, there was a nice barista, and I walked in the door. He says, man, tell me something good about today. I said, man, I, my standard answer is, man, the Lord blessed me to receive another one. That's good enough for me. He says, man, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I said, well, tell me something good that you're feeling about today. He says, well, I, I'm, I'm happy because I get to play a little music tonight. And I was like, yeah, and I asked him the questions about, about, you know, where does he play, what does he play, and all those things. And we're talking a little bit, and we're sharing our experiences. I'm telling him how much I love music, and we're talking about different genres, having a good old conversation. And then he pauses for a moment, and he says, he says, I'm always amazed that those who don't play music seem to love and appreciate it more than those of us who do. I said, boy, you better preach. Isn't it amazing that those who don't have the talents that we have appreciate our talents so much more. There's somebody who wishes they could do what you do. And they look at you and they say, man, I'm so glad. I wish I could encourage like they do. I, I wish I could speak the way that they do. And me, I, I, I was like that all the time. I, I got a family full of musicians and singers. Y'all just heard me. I can't sing. And I'm okay with that. The Bible says, I read it multiple times, make a joyful noise to the Lord. I consider that my personal scripture. I will sing and sing loud every chance that I get. But I grew up always wondering, why is it that I couldn't sing and play like my granny? How come I couldn't sing like my cousins and some of my other family members? How come when God was handing out those talents, I wasn't in that line? So, so when I got a little older, I figured, you know what, I, I'm going to take a hold of this. So I'm, I'm going to learn how to do a little bit myself. So I started taking piano lessons, and uh, I wasn't that good. I learned how to play one thing. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I can play, play one thing. All right. Can you still hear me? All right. All right. I, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to use this because I don't even need two hands. This is how bad it is. I can play one. One song. One song. You ready? That's all I got. That's all. That's all I got. That's all I got. Two years of piano lessons, and I got. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. And so I would see people who just, it would naturally come to them. And I, and I wonder how... How, how do you do it? So, so first, first start there. Start there for me. Um, yeah, she's about to make me mad. Start there for me. Play, play a little something. Play a little something for me. <laughs> all right, all right. Come on. Go, go, go to drums for me. Go, go to drums for me real quick. She plays like 20 instruments. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, come on. Let's, let's see what you got. Show the people what I taught you. All right, stop showing off. Stop showing off. Come on. Come on to the keys. Come on to the keys. Come on to the keys. And this time, play and sing a little something. Uh, it's already on. Uh, making sure. There you go, there you go. God has smiled on me. Yeah. He has He didn't smile on me, that's what she's saying right there. He didn't, he didn't smile on me. Oh, 
my life and I could I could try to play every instrument up there and the reality is had I stuck with it I probably would have gotten a little bit better I could I could I could improve I could take vocal lessons I could I could buy a keyboard at home and I can play from the sun up to sundown each and every day and perhaps I might get good the reality is I'll never be a good singer because when God was handing out that blessing that talent I wasn't in that line so it just didn't come to me but what I know to be true is that when God passed a talent out to Jamel Armstrong maybe he didn't give me five talents or two talents maybe I just got one and rather than spending the remainder of my days trying to figure out how can I sing and play like Scooby? How can I have that voice? How can I play the piano, the drums, or even the guitar? Rather than me trying to figure out how can I draw like Diggs or be multi-talented like Sean, rather than me stressing over trying to be like them, my commitment to the Lord is to do the best with what the Lord has given me, to pick up my talent and to work my talent with everything that I've got, with all that I am, with all all of my energy to study, to prepare, to energize myself, to fix my attitude and get myself together and work my talents. So rather than neglecting my talent, rather than neglecting your talent, wondering how come God did not give you what someone else's have, what we're supposed to do is hone in on whatever it is that the Lord has given us and bless God, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter if you understand. It doesn't matter if I fit in. It doesn't matter if it shows up the way that you think that it ought to show up. What I'm supposed to do is be the best and do the best with what the Lord has given to me. So, so check this out, man. There's a couple of things I, I want to encourage you. If you're like me, you're just a one-talent brother. I'm a one-talent brother. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm good with my one-talent. If you're like me, here's, here's what I want to let you know. Maybe you're a two-talent worried about the five talents. What you got to understand is that the Bible says that the master gave the talents according to their ability. Now, don't trip over that. Don't, don't think that what he's saying is that you're not good enough. Because he gave you a talent according to your ability. What the master is saying, it is not about your ability to do something. It's about your capacity to be good at what I'm giving to you. So maybe rather than worried about how can I spread out, the master says, you are so distinct. You are so special that I don't want you to spread your gift around. I want you to zero in on this and be the best at this that you can and bless the world with everything that you can. Give it every ounce of strength, every ounce of energy so that you can make a difference on this planet. You can bless families and people. Work your talent. 
Also, also check this out. Please remember that for those, the five talents and the two talents, the master, once he came back and noticed that they had doubled their talents, this is for those of us who got one talent. What the master said after he recognized how good they did with what they had, the master comes back and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Check this out. If you got one talent, you have been faithful over a few. Now watch me make you ruler over many. You're tripping about where you are and you're wondering if the Lord is going to bless you with more. Rather than worried about how much more you can get, what the Lord wants you to do is just work it where you are. Wherever you are, work that gift, work that talent, do your best, give it your all because the Lord is watching. And when you work that gift, the Lord says, be faithful with this. And when you're faithful with this, I'll make you ruler over more. I will blow you up the way that you hope that I will blow you up. I will bless you the way that you desire to bless you. But you can't get the blessing if you don't first Focus where you are. But also, also, it's a little bit of relief recognizing that you ain't got to do everything that everybody else does. Take some stress off of yourselves. Look at the people who've got to bury the load, the burden of many things. I, I, I determined a while ago, I, I don't want to be good at a whole lot. I just want to be good at one thing. I just, I just want to preach and pastor God's people the best way that I can. I, I, don't, I don't want, man, I'm here every day, and man, the contractors come in. And yesterday, the plumber was here. He was fixing some things, and he started telling me about the gas line and all these numbers. And I said, brother, listen, I only study theology. I don't study plumbing. I don't know what you're talking about. He says, well, let me show you. I said, brother, I don't even care. I don't want to know. Because I'm not trying to get good at plumbing. I trust you. God blessed you with that. You be good at that. I, I, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to know it like you. I just want to be good and faithful where the Lord has planted me. But also, check this out. We got to go. We got to go. Um, not, only, not only that, check this out. Um, you were called to bear fruit, not to be fruit. You were called to bear fruit, not to be fruit. That's the reason for the talents. The talents were given to us so that we could bear fruit. We would be fruit producers, not so that we would lie dead like fruit. They were entrusted to the servants to be a blessing. Your talent isn't yours so you can boast about it, but it also isn't yours so that you can just sit on it. You've got to bear fruit, be a blessing with the fruit. The Bible says for the two who grew their talents, that as soon as it was given to them, they began to invest it. They began to work it. As soon as it was put in their hands, they worked their talent. They became a blessing. As soon as the master gave it to them, what that means is this. They didn't have time to have some strategy meeting to figure out how were they going to be a blessing. They didn't have time to put together a vision board to figure out if I maximize my talent this way, perhaps it will get a little better if I work it with this. They didn't have time to join some investment group to figure out if we strategize and maximize and capitalize here. They didn't have no study magazine. They simply took the, took the talent and they put it to work. They worked it to the best of their knowledge, to the best that they could, and the Lord blessed them because of what they did. Or, or let me put it like this. Um, say with me. You were called to bear fruit, not to be fruit, because fruit doesn't bear fruit. Only branches do. Fruit doesn't bear fruit 
Holy branches do. Let me, let me tell you what I'm talking about. Go to John 15, chapter 5. Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's the crux of the problem here. Is that the one who produced nothing wasn't connected to the master. So when you read as the master is engaging him, Notice that the master says, get this wicked servant away from me, for I never knew him. It wasn't about the fact that he didn't produce fruit. Producing fruit was only a byproduct of the connection. Because if you are connected to the true vine, you have no choice but to bear fruit. So if you're wondering if whether or not you are a fruit bearer or if you are fruit, all you've got to do is wonder and see that you are connected to the vine. Because if you are connected to the vine, fruit is the natural product of being connected to the vine as a branch. Listen to the master. He says, I know that you are the young man talking to him. You are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. That's not the character of the master. And when you listen to that characterization, you recognize for those of us who know how much the master loves, we recognize that I don't know what Jesus you talking about, but that ain't my Jesus. My Jesus doesn't reap where he doesn't sow. And my Jesus isn't a hard man. Yes, my Jesus, he does judge. And yes, my Jesus does have high expectations for me. But my Jesus is divine. Whatever I do, it's not that he hasn't sown, baby. He has sown. He's sown it all in me. Just stay in John 14 and 15. For the Lord says, I will leave you a servant, a comforter who will come alongside you when you're struggling and trying to figure out how can you bear fruit. Just know that you are connected to the master and the master will bless you so that you can do exactly what he's calling you to do. You weren't called to be fruit, baby. You were called to bear fruits. To bear fruit. I think about this all the time when I hear people talking about my Jesus. And they talk about my Jesus as though my Jesus doesn't care about them. And oftentimes I have to apologize because I'll say, the Jesus that you're talking about, he doesn't exist. That's the Jesus that we've made up and we place in your face. Because, yeah, my Jesus, he does high, have, have high expectations for his creation. But my Jesus has one goal for you. He just wants to sit you in front of him. And rather than air out all of your misfortunes and misdeeds, the only thing that he wants to say to you is, well done, my good and faithful servant. That if you take the talents that he's given to you, the Lord wants to see you bear fruit so he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, Rev, how do I know if I'm bearing fruit? Here's the last thing, man, that we can get out of here. Fruit isn't always external. It's not always about if you're reproducing in that sense. Sometimes the fruit that you are bearing can't be seen by human eyes. Sometimes you know that you are bearing good fruit if you didn't respond today the way that you did yesterday to somebody treating you a certain kind of way. 
Sometimes you know that you're bearing fruit if today you woke up with a little more strength in your body to give it a little bit more try today than you did yesterday. Sometimes you know that you are bearing fruit, man, if you just walk out the door with a smile on your face. Sometimes you know that you are bearing fruit when people cuss you out and you refuse to respond to their ignorance and their hatefulness. Sometimes you know that you are bearing fruit. A few weeks ago, I knew that I was bearing fruit as a woman walked up to the door and she was looking for a pastor and they saw me walking down the hallway and she says, I don't talk to blacks and I just walked outside and I smiled in her face and I laughed. You know that you are bearing fruit when I don't have to display the same hate that she displayed towards me. You know that you are bearing fruit when you don't have to respond, react, you don't have to change according to how people are looking and treating you. You know that you are a good fruit bearer and you are not fruit how you show up in the world. Bear fruit. Don't be fruit. Work your talents. Whatever your talents may be, my brothers and sisters, work your talents. It doesn't matter how many you have, five, two, or one, the Lord wants you to work your talents. I don't care how people approach your talents. Stand at the door and greet somebody. Work your talents. Yeah, go to work and teach a child and work your talent. Love your spouse the best way that you can, baby, work your talent. Go out into the world, man, and spread the love of Christ, baby, work your talent. Be a good parent, baby, work your talent. Be the person that God has drawn you up to be, baby, work your talent. Use your hands the best way that you can, baby, work your talent. Well, Rev, what's my talent? I don't know that I can tell you exactly what your talent is, but I'm reminded when the Lord sent Moses on a mission. And when the Lord sent Moses on a mission, he said, Moses, I'm going to give you a plan that's too big for you to do by yourself. Well, Moses says, Lord, how am I going to do it for? I'm not well-spoken like everybody else. I've got, I've got a problem with my lips. I don't, I don't speak like other people. I stutter a little bit. Well, the Bible tells us that the Lord simply looked at Moses and asked Moses a question. He said, Moses, what's in your hand? And he says, take what's in your hand and throw it down. And when Moses took what's in his hand, he threw it down. And you all know the story. That said, he right there returned into a snake. The Lord said, pick it back up. He picked it back up. And right there, it may have seemed insignificant until Moses found himself in the presence of Pharaoh doing what the Lord called him to do. What I'm telling you is this. Right now, today, as you are honing your gift, you are honing your talents, you're doing the best that you can. It may not make sense why the Lord got you doing what he's got you doing right now. You may not fully understand it, but there's going to come a time when you're going to recognize, man, all those days that I stood at the door, it was for a purpose. Yeah, All those days when I allowed that hate to come my way, it was for a purpose. All those times when I got up out of bed, when I didn't have enough strength, was for a purpose. And there's going to come a time, brothers and sisters, when the Lord is going to put you in a situation and you're going to remember that the Lord said, throw down what's in your hand. And when you do, that thing that the Lord put in your hand, it's going to bless the world. It's going to change lives. People's hearts are going to change. Your family is going to be reunited. Your relationships are going to level out. You're going to start seeing people better the way that you've ever seen them before. Baby, what's in your hand? Chris Diggs will say art. And with art, I change and touch the world. My wife will say encouragement. And with encouragement, I speak life into people. 
what's in your hand? What do you got, a pen? Write the best way that you can. What do you have, a pleasant smile? Love people the best way that you can. What is in your hand? Whatever it is, bless the world. Matter of fact, don't even just bless the world. Because we recognize that what's in our hands isn't ours anyway. So rather than focusing on blessing the world, how about we bless something else? How about we bless the Lord, oh, our soul? And everything that was in us, let it bless his holy name. Bless the Lord with your talent. Bless the Lord with your gift. Bless the Lord with all that you got. Bless the Lord with everything that's within you. And watch the Lord make much out of what you've got. Amen. 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 Bless his name. Bless his holy name. Bless his name. Yeah. I got to go. The screen is flashing. The screen is flashing. I got to go. Come on, stand all over this room. Real quickly, we're going to have our counselors come up.